I feel like I have a different why statement for like my day job, career, my like side projects, and then like my personal life. And I struggle to like have one overarching why that hits like on all of those. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name is Femke. And my name's Charlie. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about something that uh, I saw Femme talk about recently on her Instagram, actually, which is this concept of the why. Femme's doing this course at the moment called Design to Be, I think, right, Femme? Yes. Um, and this was like one of the classes they had and Femme was talking about it, about holding a why behind your design career and like knowing why you're doing this. And I just loved that concept and wanted to chat about it today. So that is going to be the topic of today's episode. But before we get into it, we actually have an exciting sponsor of today's episode. Yes. This is rare for us, as you know, as regular listeners of the show will know, we don't take on sponsors easily only when there's a product that we really believe in and feel is a good fit. And today's episode and all of Design Life for the month of June is sponsored by Around. Yeah, I'm super excited to have Around as a sponsor. I've been using it at work with my team lately and it's been a really fun and refreshing tool to use other than Zoom. And for me, one of the really frustrating things about working remotely is that when I'm presenting my work in design crits or design reviews, I'm always kind of clicking back and forth between Figma and Google Slides and like all these different windows and still trying to see my team and the people that I'm actually talking and presenting to so that I can see their reactions and what they think of the work because it's really important to me as a designer. So Around is really great because it allows me to focus on presenting my work and focusing on the storytelling part when I'm showing the work. And another cool thing I really like about Around is that it's great for collaborating on a tool like FigJam or any other tool that you like to use as a designer because Around is really good for collaboration. And I don't really see it as a meeting tool. It's more like a way for us to get together and collaborate and jam and talk about something as a designer because the user interface of it is really lightweight. It kind of gets out of the way so your screen stays the focus and you can actually work together remotely. And they've also got pretty cool features like meeting notes. You can share images really quickly to the group and also one click screen sharing. So it's been really fun for me to use with my team. And thanks to Around for sponsoring this episode today. And we're actually using Around right now to record this episode, which we is are. fun. We both have a, a cute filter on our video feeds. Very cute. Yeah, I wish you could all see the lovely filters we have on right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into today's episode of the why, the why behind our design career. So you mentioned Femme in this Instagram story that I saw of yours. By the way, follow femke.design on Instagram. Great follow. <laughs> but you mentioned this idea of, of the why, and you also referenced this book called Start With Why mm -hmm. by Simon Sinek, which I read um, just last year, I think. And I read it with the view of like marketing in mind was what I was thinking about in reading this book. And so that's why I found it really interesting to hear you talk about having a why behind your career, right? So yeah, I don't know. Tell us, tell us more about this and what you took away from this course and like why it's something you're thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally fair for you to come away from reading that book with 
with it of the perspective of marketing because he does talk a lot about the why and the context of marketing in that book I think from memory it's been probably a decade since I read the book to be honest but I think he references (laughs) Apple quite a bit in the book about them having a really strong why as a company and that comes through really strong in their marketing so what's been really interesting about this course is talking about that why as you said in the context of your career and I have thought about this in the past a little bit but not so deep in that like okay how does the why relate to like my day-to-day in my career and like the boundaries I set up the values I have and how that like overflows into my work I feel like I have a why like as a person you know as kind of like this this driving force that moves me throughout my life but it's interesting to sit down and really think about that in the context of your career only and I think for me something I've kind of been discovering which I don't know, hopefully it's totally normal, is that I find my why changes. Mm, Interesting. In the context of my career, I don't feel like I have this one really strong, clear why. I feel like depending on where I'm at and what my current goals are, that why can kind of change and flex a little bit over time. What is your why right now? If you can can share it, if it can even be put into words, which I know is like an activity in itself. (laughs) I love that you asked this because we did do an activity as part of the course to find out your why. Uh, And in order to get to the why, we first took some time to reflect and write down a few stories of like key moments in your career. Uh, So I don't know, maybe it's like you gave a really big presentation to leadership or, you know, thinking about things that that kind of were either, either a pivotal moment or like changed something for you in your career. Maybe you got a job that you'd been wanting for a really long time and that changed the trajectory. So we wrote down these stories, we reflected on some of these stories. And then through those, we kind of started pulling out key kind of themes and like moments of impact to kind of start seeing like the similarities or things that kept coming up um, in those stories to kind of help us start crafting that why a little bit. And I'll admit mine is still a work in progress. I feel like it's, it's hard to like sit down and do that in one exercise. It really takes a lot of reflection and like introspective learning. Um, But I think my why right now is just around like, for me, it's a lot about collaboration, actually. I really like working with people and and strong, smart, talented people and like joining forces and using everyone's superpowers to like create a really good user experience. And so that's something that I have been like, you know, trying to lean more into because I feel like in the past I've felt like I have to do everything on my own all of the time. And so with collaboration being really strong and important to me, I'm trying to be more observant of like what are the different strengths and skills that I can pull in from other people to help craft this really great experience. And would you say then that the reason that you're a designer and are continuing to pursue this career and, you know, looking to develop in your career and everything is because you you thrive in that and you want more of that. That is why you're doing this. Yeah, I feel like as cheesy as this may sound, like I can make a difference. Like I feel like d- designers have a lot of responsibility in a way. Like we create these experiences that people use every day. Uh, and especially for me working at a company like Uber, where like millions of people are using our products and there's a lot of impact there. Like I feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that like we provide a really good experience that helps these people um, you know get what they want to get done using our platform so that is important to me yeah that makes a lot of sense first of all I want to call out that 
when we talk about our careers in tech and there's a lot of talk about passion and like that's the reason that you go after this and also it's perfectly valid if your why for why you're in this career is money (laughs) yeah because you saw it as a way to make money you know I feel like that was honestly the start of why I chose this path um like yeah just being totally honest for me I went into university trying to pick between photography and design and decide which one one of those I wanted to do you know, pursue as my career because I enjoyed them both in high school. Those were the, you know, the crafts I was interested in refining. Um, you can tell I never really entertained the idea of being like a doctor or a lawyer or something really, like totally that. Really, totally wise then. <laughs> <laughs> but I chose design over photography because I saw more of a career path in it. I was like, this feels like it's going to be more stable. Um, it's sort of more established. There's less on me to be like a small business owner, essentially, mm-hmm. like I would probably have to be in photography. Being a freelancer is the most common path there. And that was part of the reason why I pursued design to start with. But obviously, I have a lot of passion for design in general as well. And I would say my why for design now is just being obsessed with this, the intersection of the art and science, which is so cheesy and it's Ooh, like all the time in design. But so cool. This is why I love marketing design in particular, right? Because I think it's a little bit more creative than product and UX design. You can bring in more like arty visual touches that really do have a positive impact on the overall, you know, the overall goal of a website with it. But you're also using data to drive decisions and you're like looking at user flows and seeing which path they take and and making tweaks to improve conversion rates. And so it's like that nerdy side plus the arty creative side for me. It's the perfect combination. And that's that's why I love design and and yeah, why I love what I do. I love it. Do you feel like that changes over time as well? Or, Or does that feel when you think and reflect on that? Are you like, yeah, that's what I've had fueling me since day one? I think that that's something that probably has but I maybe didn't know how to put it into words Mm -hmm, until a few mm -hmm. years ago when I first started getting access to data myself you know before then it was probably more the like I don't know just like liking being in the industry and yeah yeah enjoying the art and science intersection but not really having my finger on both of those personally um so yeah now that I do that's been fun but I I do think my why changes that that's the bit that's always there but I feel like in choosing to pursue management like I'm doing now, I am following a different why there, right? Like I could do that, follow that intersection of art and science through an IC career, right? I don't have to be in management to go after that. So I feel like this side is perhaps more to what you were talking about, which is I just love helping people develop. And I love yeah talking to other people about their careers and helping them reach their goals and things, collaborating. And that's what I'm getting from being a manager. And that's why I'm in in this role now. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I feel like I have a different why statement for like my day job, career, my like side projects, and then like my personal life. And I struggle to like have one overarching why that hits like on all of those. Like if I think about my personal life, like totally non-work related, I think my why is something around like just creating fun shared experiences and memories like I just want to have fun in my life create good memories and like enjoy my life right Uh, and then I think my side projects is more something around like uh, you know fostering community and helping others like grow in their career you know something like that Um, so 
yeah, I, I don't know. For me, like I'm comfortable having multiple why statements. I think maybe the rule is that you're supposed to have one, but I mm. am a bit of a rule breaker, I guess. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I wonder if you've ever thought about your why for like other areas of your life. I never have, but that's a really good point. I don't, there is no way that I could just have one why statement <laughs> for my whole life, I think. I don't know. Maybe if you went out super broad, like you're one about um, wanting to make memories and, and have good experiences. Technically, everything you do in your day job and your side projects that. is fueling that as well. You know, like True. you're having experiences through them, but also it's providing you with the money to have the experiences to make the memories um, in the personal life side of things as well. So ah, it feels like a loose connection, but it's, it's probably there somewhere. I think definitely with my with my side hustles, if I had the same why that I do in my design career of wanting, you know, pursuing that art and science intersection, I would probably be a freelancer instead of a like content creator and speaker and writer in, in the side hustles. Cause I'm not really exploring that intersection, you know, physically with designing uh, in the side hustles. So, but probably I think the, the why behind management of helping people progress definitely comes through in the side hustles as well. So yeah, maybe they're aligning more the further I get in my career and I'm able to shift my job to align more with what I want. I don't know. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no rules, I feel. Yes, I feel so too. <laughs> Something though that I want to bring up from the book, actually, the Start With Why book is this like framework that Simon Sinek writes about, which is kind of like a archery target where there's like three rings that are like, there's one small ring in the center and then there's another ring and then a bigger ring on the outside. And the why is the one in the center. And that's like your purpose, your belief, like, you know, that's the thing that's fueling like what you're doing. And then the second ring is the how. So like, how are you doing that? Like, how are the things you're doing contributing to that why in the very center? And then the last outer ring is the what. So that's like, what you're actually doing. Like that could be a product or a tangible thing or, you know, the what. And I really like this framework. I actually think when I first read this book 10 years ago, I even printed it out and stuck it up on, on in my room because I thought it was really encouraging and motivating to like, I, I think Simon's whole point is like people don't buy what you make, they buy why you do it or something like that. Like they, they buy into the why behind it. And I don't know, I just think this like ring framework is really interesting to think about how the what, like all the things you do influence the how, which then influences the why at the center. Yeah, I love that too. And uh, I'm just trying to find it in my notes from reading the book, but there's a quote about how why is not always rational and that if, if everyone was rational and if everybody made rational decisions all the time, there would be no small businesses, for example, because it's completely irrational to be like, right. oh, everyone can buy stuff off Amazon, but I'm going to start this shop over here instead and I'm going to invest all my time and money in it. Like, technically, that's irrational, right? And technically, it could be irrational to purchase from them as well because there's like a cheaper option, a faster option or whatever, but we do it and small businesses are very much appreciated and very precious. I love supporting small businesses yeah. and it's it's not always rational. Um, it's because of the why behind it all, right? Yeah. Um, and so if anyone listening to this, I guess, is thinking about their own design career and trying to be all practical when it comes to the why, you don't have to be because uh, it's not not meant to be. It's, it's just meant to be honest and true to you. Yeah, that's so interesting because the why, I guess, is like what can be a key differentiator, right? Or like 
your competitive advantage if we want to get into marketing terms or like the thing that's unique about you, your value proposition. Uh, you know, you could have like two identical stores on the opposite sides of the street and they could sell the same thing but have very different whys and that might be the influencer of what makes you decide to go to which store. Um, yeah, or we could apply that to designers, to yeah. designers applying for a job, have very different whys and one why aligns more with the company's why and so they're going to be a better fit for that company and it'll probably come through in all the interviews and conversations that they have with them. Definitely. Yeah. So I don't know, this, it's, it's a very interesting concept. I do recommend listeners to go and read the book. Um, you know, it, it's not a design book, but I still highly recommend it for designers. If you're someone that's like working on software or, you know, you don't have to be a product UX designer. You could be a marketing designer like you, Charlie, especially it could even be more relevant in that case, to be honest. Yes, I think so. Yep. (laughs) Then, yeah, I think this is a really great framework just to have in your back pocket and to think about as a designer. Another quote that I like from the book, um, as I look at more of my notes here, is that decision making and the ability to explain those decisions exist in different parts of the brain, which is fascinating. Because you always think of like, okay, I'm making a decision, I am explaining the rationale behind it, and like that's all coming from this very logical center. Um, but he talks about how decision making is is like... It's not from the stomach, technically. It's in the, I think it's called the limbic brain. Um, so this like part of your brain that is a little bit irrational. And it's like, that's technically what your gut is, is a part of your brain. <laughs> yeah, I guess that makes sense because we don't have brain parts in our gut. But yeah. <laughs> it's still interesting to think about um, kind of like the science behind that. And that sounds really inconvenient that they're in two different parts of the brain. <laughs> but they work together, right? And we get there in the end. I wonder, can you think of a time that, like maybe as you reflect back, that you made a quote-unquote gut decision about your career that as you look back now, you're like, okay, yeah, I can see why I did that. Like that was influenced by my why, right? That was my why coming through in a decision that I made in my career. Like what about your switch to product design? Could that potentially have been one of them? I guess that could have been, yeah. I'm struggling with the like gut decision part of this question because... I find that like I always think things through and nothing's it's rarely like a instant reactionary kind of decision Uh, but yes I would say that my switch to product design probably was influenced a little bit by my why and what I wanted to do and what I felt like I had to give back and why I wanted to be a designer in the first place so yeah I think that that's probably a good example um yeah what about you do you can can you think of anything that comes to mind for you? I think probably my decision to go work at ConvertKit might have been one of these where, you know, like you, I thought it through really logically. I wrote literally a pros and cons list. I think I remember this list. <laughs> yeah. Joining a US-based company as a contractor versus, you know, the stability of being an employee for a UK-based company. Right. And like, I don't know, depending on which way you approached it, you could argue both sides about what the right decision could be. Like both of them would have been fine decisions. But my gut told me to go after this ConvertKit um, role, which obviously now I'm super glad I did. It's worked out great for me. And I'm sure that my why was fueling that. Perhaps not the like art and science why, because I was getting that at my previous role, but the more like connecting with others and... I guess like a why I have for myself as a person, not necessarily career related, but kind of is, is to 
just to create something, to have contributed something to the world that helps other people. You know, that's why I spend time making things. That's why I want to write a book. Um, It's not for the like personal glory, although that's nice too, not going (laughs) to lie. Um, But it's it's to have left a legacy, I guess, like left a mark on the world. And it just felt like ConvertKit was more of an opportunity to do that. And back then it was like, I don't know, 2016, whenever it was, 2017, can't remember now. But we weren't where we are today as a company. But yeah, something told me that this was special. Um, And so I guess that was, yeah, the gut brain (laughs) talking. (laughs) Yeah, I can think of uh, an example that I'm not afraid to share when it's helped me like have a gut no reaction. Oh, yes, that'd be useful. Yeah, this is so random, but um, I get occasional recruiting emails like you know companies email me with with opportunities to work at whatever company uh and recently i've been getting uh emails from this company that you might know called coinbase and i don't know how much you know about coinbase's recent history no only the negative stuff really (laughs) right so that's pretty much all you need to know and so like i could i just immediately was immediately was like no like this your company Mm. doesn't align with my values i'm i'm not interested in working there and so I think my why definitely influenced that to like just immediately have this boundary and be able to say no and identify things that I know don't fit in with my why and my purpose and what I want to do long term. So I think it can be helpful in those cases too when it's like something that yeah, it can help with that boundary setting, I guess. Absolutely. It's there to help you make the right decisions as well as avoid the wrong decisions. Right. It's yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> equally valid for sure. I would definitely encourage everyone listening to this to, I don't know, if you're a designer, why are you a designer? Maybe you haven't had anyone ask you that before. You know, people will ask how you became a designer, what you do as a designer, but no one's ever really like, why did you pursue this career path? Like, <laughs> why are you a designer right now? Like, why did you stay a designer also? I think is perhaps a different why to why you got started as well. I think, yeah, it would be really cool to know what people think about that if you feel like tweeting us at Design Life FM and yeah. letting us know. We'd love to hear your whys. Yeah, and also I often get asked, like this is a side tangent, but how to stand out in your portfolio and like including something like this mm. is a great way to stand out. It shows self-awareness that you're reflecting and thinking about your why as a designer, how that can contribute to a company, the values that you really care about. So, you know, this exercise, I think if you feel comfortable, could also be something you could include on your portfolio to help you stand out and and differentiate yourself a bit more. I love that. Great suggestion. Well, Fem, where can people go to find more episodes of this show? Yeah, you can go to designlife.fm. You can find us on Twitter at designlife.fm and you can search us in your favorite podcast app. And also, thank you again to Around for sponsoring this episode. Thank it's you. been lovely to stare at Femme's face in the little circle on my <laughs> desktop with a purple and yellow filter throughout this show. Yes. So try it out for yourself. So fun. You can check out Around at around.co. All right. Thanks to Around and we'll chat next week, Charlie. Bye.